Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. Talking about the definition of the word redeem. Now, kids, what did you already say that redeem means? You can, you can shout it out. Been made new. That's awesome. Salvation. Yeah. And so, when we're talking about uh, when we're talking about Jesus and we're talking about the Bible, we think about those kind of words when we think about redemption. We think about being saved and made new. But I would like to go back a little further. I would like to go back a little further. Let's just look at the word redemption. What it means just to redeem something. Let's set aside for a moment spiritual matters. And let's talk about just what the word redeem means by itself. To redeem literally means to buy something back to buy something back or to repurchase something. You redeem something. Something has been sold and you buy it back. Uh, Nick, I think you've had some automobiles that you've bought two, three, four times because you sold them and then decided you wanted them back. And so Nick had an automobile and he sold it. And then the more he thought about it, he wanted to own it again. The previous owner wanted to own it again, and so Nick redeemed it. He redeemed the vehicle. He bought it back. He repurchased it. So it can mean to get back or to win back, to redeem. You can win it. You can redeem a prize. You know, if you, if you draw a, uh, a ticket in a contest and you get the winning ticket, you can turn that ticket in, and you didn't have to pay for anything, but you redeem a prize. You get that prize back for the ticket. Here's another definition of redeem. To free from what distresses or harms. If somebody is being harmed by something, if they're being hurt by something, if they are being distressed by something, I can rescue them from that thing which is owning them. You know, some people are owned by things that hurt them. Uh, we, we think about, you know, drug addiction. We think about abuse, uh, substance abuse. And it's not as simple as just telling those folks, well, just stop. Just don't do it. Well, it's not that simple, is it? Because it has become physiological and psychological they are owned by the thing that is harming them. If I can get them away from it, if I can get them to a place where they cannot get to it until they can have a change in their body, a change in their mind, and if I can equip them with the right tools, I could get them free from what's harming them. I can redeem them. Redemption. That's redemption. To free from captivity by a payment or a ransom. You know, if, if someone is kidnapped, and then the kidnapper, he calls, 
and disguises his voice. And he says, bring a million dollars in a suitcase and don't try to bring the police and this and that. And so there's a, there's a ransom. And so somebody comes up with a million dollars. And they go to where the person is owned by the enemy. They're owned by their captor, by the one that kidnapped them. And they deliver the ransom. They come up with the payment because the one who has been kidnapped can't come up with the payment. And so they pay the ransom, and they get them back, and they're free. They have been redeemed. Redemption. To extricate from or help to overcome something detrimental. Somebody has a problem that they're facing, that they're not strong enough to do it. They can't get themselves out of it. And one of us, maybe we have the resources and the means. We have the information. So we go and we extricate them. We get them out of that situation. We redeem them. Here's another uh, definition for redemption. To release from blame or debt. Now, here's where you owe somebody something or you are to blame. You have done something wrong and you are to blame. You owe them because of what you did. Maybe you broke something that you can't afford to repair. Maybe you took something that you can't give back. And so there is blame on you. You have incurred debt. You owe them. Well, I can clear your debt. I can say, you know what? You don't owe me. I forgive it. I forgive it. I release it, and I release you. You don't owe me anymore. I let go of the blame that is against you, and I clear your payment I clear your debt. You are redeemed. You are redeemed. To free from the consequences of sin. Now, this is kind of like the last one we just read. And now it starts to get into the wonderful definitions that some of you kids yelled out. You see, sin is not unlike all of the other problems we just named. A debt that we have incurred because we did something. We sinned, and we have messed something up, and we can't pay to fix it. And through our sin, we are owned by another. This is what happened to humanity. God created Adam and Eve in the garden, and God said, Hey, here's everything you need, and everything is perfect. Live this way, do these things, eat this, don't do this. This will harm you. This will hurt you. He said, don't partake of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. So what did they do? They partook of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. They sinned. They broke God's commandment. God said, do this, not this. And then they broke it. That's called sin. Sin is transgression of God's law. To, to go against what God said to do. That's called sin. So Adam and Eve sinned, and now relationship was broken between them and God. 
And that principle of sin had entered their heart and entered their mind. And so now they are in relationship to sin instead of relationship to God. They broke something that they could not pay to fix it. They didn't have a way to pay this. They didn't have a way to compensate. They didn't have a way to get free. And now they're owned by it. Now they're owned. It, it's their captor. It's kind of like it tricked them. It kidnapped them. You know, kidnappers will offer kids something, something that seems good. And then when the child receives that thing which is good, now they are owned by the one that offered the good thing. That's what the enemy did in the garden. The devil told Adam and Eve, he said, you know, if you partake of this fruit, you're going to be like God. This is going to be great. They took the candy. Come on. And all of a sudden, they were owned by the one that offered it, and they couldn't get out of it. Well, to be redeemed is to be free from the consequence of sin. So that's a term for redemption. Redemption can be to change for the better. We're learning a lot about redemption, are we? It can be to change for the better, to repair something that's broken. You redeem it. To restore something. Kind of like taking, you know, maybe an old car and you redo the wiring and you fix what's wrong in the engine and then you redo the outside and you have it painted and you redeem that thing back to its original glory. There are a whole lot of, I could go on and on. I've got a lot more, but I feel like we've kind of got where we need to go. So humanity, because of the sin in the garden, because of Adam and Eve, the sin of Adam was now passed on to everybody that's been born since. And we are born into sin. We are born into sin. Now, I want to show you something here that might not make sense for a moment. But then it, it will make sense after I get done. Uh, I need a quiet volunteer to help me. <laughs> Boy, all these hands went up really fast. And all kids' hands. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> Chris did. Um, okay, wh which of Daniel's kids' names are you? What? Come, come on up. I always call Liam Rylan and Rylan Liam. I know Tristan. All right, Rylan. Come and stand on this side of me. We're going to try something, all right? Now, in years past, there were two things that a lot of churches were funny about. They were funny about magic tricks because they act like they didn't understand that it was a trick. And, uh, and they didn't like playing cards. Churches didn't like playing cards. We've come a long way because I'm going to do a playing card magic trick. And so. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a big deck of cards so that everybody can see it. It's a regular deck of cards. It's just big so everybody can see it. Okay, so Rylan, shuffle these up. That's enough. That's enough. I've got them stacked so I know where they are. Now, what we've got here, we, have, uh, we are playing with a full deck, okay? But like I said, it's, it's just big, all right? So 
I'm going to shuffle the cards. They're kind of hard to shuffle because they're so big. And Ryland, while I am shuffling, you will say stop at any time. And that's where I'll stop. Now, whatever card that I stop on, when we show it to you, please, and parents, please help me with this with the kids. Please do not say it out loud. The trick is not nearly as good if you yell out the name of the card, okay? And so when I show it to you, don't, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, don't say it out loud. We were, all, we were almost out. Now, Ryland, when you look at this, keep it in your brain. Peek under there, but don't say it out loud, okay? And everyone do the same. Kiddos, lips sealed, lips sealed, but just remember it in your brain. In your brain, quietly, silently, with your mouth closed, say it over and over again so you don't forget it, okay? Now, you take the deck of cards, put it in the box, so that, I don't need, so that I don't get a chance to see it, okay? So we showed you the deck. We shuffled the deck. I shuffled it a little better than Ryland got to shuffle it. And then Ryland stopped me, and then everybody looked at the card. It's kind of hard to go. The corner of that box is torn. The cards keep getting caught. Now, it's fine like that. It's fine. All right, you throw it on the ground. He really wants to close that box. Great. Perfect. Now, remember, no matter what happens, don't say it out loud. I had no opportunity to see it, and I really did not look. They don't believe me, but I really didn't. Uh, I'm going to try to figure out without looking through, and I only want a yes or no answer, was your card the seven of spades? Yes or no? No? Are you messing with me? It really wasn't the seven of spades. It really was not the seven of spades? Is he messing with me? Okay, hold on a second. Hold on. Uh, hmm, shoot. King of Diamonds? It's not the King of Diamonds? Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've got an idea. This is the magician's insurance policy. I just happen to have one here with me today. This policy, it says here, this policy covers a performing magician against failure from faulty cards, which I think may be what we've got a problem with today, ambient noises, cellular devices, text messages, tweets, unruly spectators, flash floods, slow dial-up internet connection, and any other natural, unnatural, or supernatural event that caused this epic failure. Because it wasn't my fault. Let's, <laughs> he said it kind of was. <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a look at the, 
Let's take a look at the coverage. Let's see. Lim oh, it's limited coverage. This will only work in certain situations. Uh, our high-powered underwriters have determined, oh, that the selected playing card, this is going to help me out a little bit, is either a red card or a black card. Okay, good. Special extended coverage, valid only on today's date. That was close. Flip to the next page. Let's see. The second, the second chance clause. Second chance clause. I am not about to read all of that. All right, let's see. Maybe we're going to find out here. Oh, Ryland, if you see your card on the other side, it's going to be pretty good, isn't it? Ryland, do you see your card? <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. He sees it. So we're, we have narrowed it down. We've narrowed it down. Let's take a look in here. And Ryland, did your card happen to be the three of clubs? Give him a great big round of applause. You can have a seat. Whew. I was sweating. I'm, I am so glad that I had that insurance policy with me today. I want you to keep that thought in mind. I want you to keep that thought in mind. Go with me real quick to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to read 3 through 8. And I'm, I'm sorry, I had mine in the uh, CSB. I know you guys have ESV. I should have switched it. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. How many of you know when man sinned, God was not caught off guard? To be holy, he chose us to be holy, to be blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. It is what brings God the greatest pleasure to invite sinners to be part of his family. It brings him pleasure to do this. To the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. In him we have redemption. Somebody shout redemption. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses when we transgress God's law. According to the riches of his grace. When it comes to grace, he's rich. When it comes to mercy, he is wealthy. Now, Elon Musk is set to soon become the first trillionaire in the history of the world. History of the world. Now, they would have to stack up 
Solomon, quite honestly, because if they measured it out, it probably would be Solomon. But anyway, we're talking about rich. Can I tell you that if Elon hits a trillion, he doesn't have even a sliver of what God has in grace and in mercy and in love. God loves you more than Elon's got money. God's got more mercy than he's got billions. God's got more grace than he has real estate. According to his riches of grace that he richly poured out. Not only does he have it, he's generous with it. God pours out these riches on us with all wisdom and understanding. God takes the one who is broken and the one who broke it. God takes the one who is owned. God takes the one who is imprisoned and held by the captor. God takes the one that destroyed what they can't pay for. God takes the one that cannot get back where they came from or be what they were. God takes this one and redeems them. Redemption. Redemption. The fact that Jesus came... What Jesus did, the Son of God and God himself, what Jesus did by leaving heaven and coming to the earth, what Jesus did by living as a human being, laying aside his attributes of deity and operating as a human, what Jesus did by going to the cross and taking your sin and my sin on himself and dying. What Jesus did by rising again three days later, and then what Jesus did by inviting us to become one with him through faith, that is God's insurance policy for anything that could go wrong. That is God's insurance policy. For where man failed and then tried again and it didn't work and tried again and it didn't work and man tried to give enough to be right with God and he tried to behave well enough to be right with God and he tried to be religious enough to be right with God and he tried water baptism to be right with God and he tried all of these different things but he missed it and he missed it and he missed it. Is it the seven of clubs? Is it the king of diamonds? Is it the ten of spades? And 
he says, no, no, no. And God says, but wait, I have an insurance policy. I have foreordained a prediction inside. I have already laid out the answer before you knew there was a problem. It's been laying here the whole time. It's called the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And Jesus Christ is the insurance policy. Jesus is that thing, you know, insurance, you pay for it before you need it. And then usually it didn't pay for what you paid for anyway. But it's not that way with God's insurance policy. The sinner doesn't have to come to God and hope God will do something about it. He paid this premium before you ever thought about sinning. He paid this premium before your great-great-great-great-grandpa thought about sinning. He paid for this and set this up ahead of time knowing, knowing. And he paid it anyway because he loves you that much. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many times you picked the wrong card. I don't know I don't care how many times you guessed the right the wrong card. I don't care how many times whoever you are. I don't care what it was. Abused and abuser. I don't care if it's substances or physical or I don't care what it is that you did. I don't care how it is that you have blown it. Jesus' payment is bigger than your failure. The blood is bigger than your mistake. His redemption is greater than your separation. His insurance is greater than the problem that you need it for. Redemption. Redemption. There is one thing that I think almost nobody knows. And it's something that we are all supposed to know and must know. And I don't hear it being taught about a great majority of places. And it is this. Most people don't know what their Bible is. Say, what's the Bible? Well, it's God's word. Fine. What's the Bible? Oh, basic instructions before leaving earth. It's God's love letter to us. Not exactly. What is the Bible? The Bible is one, the whole Bible. And if we know this, we're more likely to read it. We don't read it because we feel overwhelmed by it. We feel like, I can't understand that, so I'll just listen to the preacher preach. Well, that's not what the preacher's for. The preacher is for some other things that are important. The Bible is one continuous story. It's one story about one family. It's about one family. It's about God creating his family. And then it's about those that rejected or accepted being part of the family. 
It's about the different directions they went in the different places of earth that they inhabited. It's about wars that they fought. It's about victories they won. It's about sin that they committed. But it's all about one family. A lot of us think it's a story about this and a story about that. A story about these people from over here, these and that part. No, 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 no. It starts at the beginning, and you're able to follow that whole family down, and you're able to see how crazy humanity is without God. And over and over and over again, it's the same. People say, I wonder what would have happened if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned. The very next one would have. On down to you. We see it all through Scripture. Humanity without God is crazy and illogical. Look around. Not necessarily in the room, but in the world. The Bible is one story about one family and humanity's depravity without God and how the one story of the broken family, the broken people in the broken world, that all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it narrows down and points to one who would come and did come to pay for what was broken and to redeem all that was lost. And the whole Bible, every story, every scripture, every part pulls you in showing you the problem and pointing you to the Lord Jesus Christ, the sin Savior, the Jews Messiah, the Lord of glory, the King of kings, and he came and he lived and he died for us and he got up again, and that's what the whole Bible is. But you got to read it and read it. And read it and read it. Let me show you one more thing. It's not going to let me raise it that way. I have here. got a knitting needle. And I have a mirror. I'm trying to shine it right in Lisa's eye. I got it in your eye too. There's Jeremy. Tom, I got your whole family there. Margie, Aunt Rosie, Aunt Rosie! Got this mirror.
You know, people talk about, a lot of preachers have preached about the Word of God and what the Word of God is. And the Word of God is a lot of things. They have preached about, and get that in there, it's snug. They have preached about that the Bible is a sword. And that's right. The Word of God is a sword. And they have preached about the Word of God is fire. And that's right. But can I tell you that the Word of God is a mirror? And a few weeks ago, I preached a whole message on, I didn't have this yet, but I preached a whole message on the Word of God being a mirror, that we look into that mirror, and the mirror shows us what we really look like. Before we come to Jesus, that's not too good. We think we look pretty good. We think we've got it all wrapped up until we look into the perfect mirror of God's law and his word. And all of a sudden, we realize we don't have it together like we thought. So the word of God is a mirror to show us that we need Jesus. After we come to Jesus, we can look in that mirror and we can see ourselves being transformed into his likeness. This world is running around confused by lies, and they're rejecting the mirror. They're rejecting the only thing that can show them the truth of what's actually wrong, and they keep trying to fix it all kinds of ways. And the whole time, the Bible is trying to help, and they're screaming that the Bible is a lie. You and I know that the Bible is solid, but they say that the Bible is a lie. They try to say that the Bible's not true. They try to say that the Bible is no good for the day and the time that we live in. They say that the Bible cannot be trusted. And they try to totally destroy God's Word. Oh my gosh, is right. It does, doesn't it? But can I tell you today that no matter what, no matter what they try, No matter what lie that they tell, the Word of God will always stand true and solid and is absolutely indestructible. The Word of God is just as true now, come on, as it has always been. You can try to bend it and twist it and break it and rip it apart, but you are no match for the Word of God. There are some here that you might feel 
a little bit like that mirror could have been feeling just now. There are some of you that feel like you have been shut up in a tight place, that there's no room, and that pressure has closed on in on you from every direction, and that the fiery darts of the wicked one, which he's got them, have been thrown at you from every angle, in every spot that you trusted in and thought was sure. And maybe life has come and tried to bend you over backwards and break you in half. Can I tell you that no matter what, God's got an insurance policy? Can I tell you that no matter what, the devil is a thief, but Jesus is a redeemer? Can I tell you that anything the devil can serve up or life can throw at you, throw at you Jesus can buy it back. Jesus can restore it. He can put you back together. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.